Right on radio. Right on radio. Good morning, everyone. I'm Beulah, and I'm sitting in for Jeff today. He's traveling for a little bit. So um, let's begin. Now, before that, I just want to let you know first that um, I'm having some tech issues. The camera seems to be going on and off sometimes. So should it go off uh, while, you know, we are talking about the Word of God, then um, don't mind that. Just carry on and hear what the Lord will teach us, okay? Don't be bothered about the visual stuff. So. Father, we thank you. We thank you for this new day of your grace and of your strength. We thank you, Lord, it's a new day of your love and of your goodness, Lord. Father, we just want to thank you, God, that um, though we are different from many different parts of the world, but Lord, we can come together in this one place to hear, Lord, the word that you will speak to us. So, Father, I just humble myself before you as your vessel and as your servant. Lord, I just ask that you hide me in the cross and to anoint, Lord, this time, anoint the words that will be spoken forth, anoint my tongue. Lord, that Jesus said it is you that is teaching the word, that is speaking the word. And Holy Spirit, you are the spirit of truth and you bear witness to all truth. So, Lord Jesus, just ask that, that by your Holy Spirit, that you open the eyes of our understanding, open our spiritual ears, Lord, to hear the words of the Spirit, to hear the words of truth, the words of life. Lord Jesus, and as your Holy Spirit puts and plows, that shines the light of your truth into our soul, into our spirit, into our heart. That God, that we will come to the place of understanding your message, that understanding your truth. So, Lord, I just commit this time right now into you. I just ask, Lord, that for the grace of your holy presence to sit and permeate, Lord, in this space. That, God, Jesus, that we sit at your feet, Lord, that you bless us, Father, for the uh, fruit of your word and the fruit of your holy presence. Thank you, Lord, for your grace. In your most mighty and glorious name, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So a man planted two trees, two apple trees in his garden. They plot, he planted them in the same plot of land. And in the dry and scorching summer that came, one tree was blooming with fruitfulness, beautiful apple, uh, fruits of apples and the fragrance of the fruit. But the other tree began, was withering and to the point that it nearly died. And after some time, the rain came. And when it rained, life came back to the withering tree and it brought forth little immature apples. Just a little, you know, sprout here and there. But the other tree was blooming. It's beautiful. It's full of life and full of fruits. The question is why? The problem was not on the soil because both trees were planted um, on the same plot of soil. But one was full of fruit, but the other one brought forth little fruit. The answer is because the roots are not deep enough for the other tree. You see, the fruitful tree had deep roots in the ground. And so regardless of whether there be rain or not, the deep roots got their water source from deep underground. But on the other hand, the other tree did not have deep roots. And so it had to depend on the external supply, external water source, depend on the rain or dependent on men to water it in order to survive. So it is the quest for all believers to grow spiritually. Because no one wants to be stunted in their growth, right? Likewise, our Heavenly Father expects us to grow up in our spiritual life. Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. It says, Therefore, you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. The words of our Lord Jesus when he was walking on earth. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 to 13. 
And he gave some to, to be apostles, some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry and for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You know, the, the phrase to the measure of the stature means to the height or the depth of the perfection of our Lord Jesus Christ in our lives. You know, Paul said the life that we now live, we live by faith in the Son of God. And so the Lord God Almighty, our Father, He wants us to grow up in our spiritual life until we come to the full measure, to the depth of the stature of the fullness of Christ and all His glory in all his character in all his his commands in all that his word to grow up in the fullness of him so this is the quest of every believer in christ to grow up spiritually and we do that throughout our lifetime on this earth because our life on this earth is temporal. It is a school where we learn through the path of life. We learn the things of God. We learn the nature and the, and, and the commands. We learn the ways of the kingdom of God so that we re-enter into eternity. We have learned to walk therein. And so when we are on earth, there will be tests. There will be fiery trials to test us of our faith and of the things and of our works of our hands. And so in dark times on the earth, for those that are without the hope of glory of Christ in them, dark times on the earth are times that are chaos for them, times of despair. But for those with the hope of glory of Christ in their lives, the believers who walk in him. Dark times are times where our faith and our light will shine the brightest. You know, in the daylight, in broad daylight, in the fullness of the glory of the sun, we cannot see the stars. It is only in the night. The darker the night sky, the brighter we see the light of the stars. So likewise, in fiery dark times are when the believers of Christ shine the brightest in their faith and in their walk in the light of God. And so here on earth, every one of us believers, our faith will be tested in the fire to prove of what sort it really is. If it is true, if it is not. First Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 7. The fiery trials, it has the genuineness of our faith. Because it says from verse 6, And in this you, we, shall greatly rejoice, though now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials, that the genuineness of your faith, being much more precious than gold, that perishes, though it is tested by fire, may be found to praise, honor, and glory at the revelation of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, so there is a glory in fiery trials because it brings forth the genuineness of our faith. It brings forth what is true. It burns away what is not. And James chapter 1, verses 2 to 4, Fiery trials also strengthen us in our character because it produces patience. It says in verse 2 onwards, My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. Why? Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its full, complete work, have its perfect work, means let patience run its full course that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. 
there is a joy that we can walk in, that we can have and engage in the midst of fiery trials. And when you walk through and overcome it, the fruit of the obedience, the fruit of the joy is beyond words can express. It bubbles up from within and fills your soul. It is the light and the power and the glory of God that really shines forth. And it brings such a joy of hope in you. James, uh, no, we have read that. Romans chapter 5 talks about the same thing too. It says that verse one, uh, verse 3, and not only that, but that we also glory in tribulations. We can glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, the perseverance of Christ, the endurance, the long-suffering of Christ. And this perseverance produces character, the character of Christ in us. And this character produces hope, the hope of glory, which is Christ in us. And verse 5, now this hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that was given to us. This hope in God, this hope produces and deepens the, our understanding of the love of God that the Holy Spirit pours forth in our hearts. So in tribulation, it is a test. And in these times of testing, there are moments and there is the power of glory and joy that God can supply unto us because of the fruit therein. You know, when Jesus walked through his fiery trials, he endured for because he saw the end, which is the price. And, and he endured, not despising the shame, not despising all the hardness, the, the, the toughness and the pain of enduring through his fiery trials because he saw and he knew the end of it which is the hope and the joy and, and the fruit of this labor, which is to bring forth the fruits of the salvation of those lost in Christ into eternal glory. So we can be like him because he is an example of us on this earth. When we go through fiery trials, buck up, buttercup. So 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses um, 10 to 15. You know, fiery trials, it brings out the tried and true. Um, let's read from verse 10 on for context. So, according to the grace of God that was given to me as a wise master builder, this is Paul talking, I have laid the foundation and another builds on it, but let each one take heed how he builds but there are no other foundation that anyone can lay than that which is already laid, which is Christ Jesus, our Lord. So every foundation that is laid, everything that is laid upon the foundation, it has to be in Christ and in the doctrines of Christ, in the ways of Christ, in the statutes and mind of Christ, in the character of Christ. We cannot build away and apart from him, from the things of Christ. Verse 12, and now if anyone builds on this foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will become clear for the day will declare it because it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. If our work is true, that our faith is true, it all will be revealed in the glory of the fire. So if anyone's work, which he builds on it, endures, he receives an eternal reward, a glorious reward. But if anyone's work is burned, he will suffer loss, but the jaws will be burned and he himself will be saved. Yet as through fire. So there is a glory of the test of God, the fiery trials that test to prove that which is true, to bring out the gold in us, the refined gold. Okay, so, you know, we live our life on this earth and we have learned through growing up to, to see um, and 
understand things by what we see in our natural sight. Because that's how we are, right? We look at things with our natural eyes, the thing in our natural sight, the understanding of our natural mind. But God is not like that. God sees the truth in the innermost parts that only he can see. He sees the truth that is within the reality that's inside of us. You know, on the outward, we can have a facade. But what is true on the inside cannot be hidden. And so God in Psalm 50, uh, Psalms 51 verse 6, Thank God for a smooth flowing tongue. Behold, you desire truth in the innermost parts. And in the hidden part, you will make me to know your holy wisdom. So God desires what is true inside. And that is why he tests us through fiery trials. So when you endure a testing, I pray that you will run to God, right? And ask him to give you the strength of endurance, patience, perseverance, and the joy of the Lord to walk through because he will walk through with you to the end to overcome so that that which is true inside will come forth. That which is not true will just fall away. That's the beauty of trials. We see that in the example of three young Hebrew boys that we know of that had stood by their faith in the times of the great, the greatest fiery trial they can ever experience under the Nebuchadnezzar king of Babylon. We can read that in general, Daniel chapter 3, right? In, and for those, uh, you know, for the benefit of, of those who do not know this story, just to summarize, so the nation of Israel, they had um, not repented from their sin and they practiced wickedness and evil. They worshipped other pagan gods, you know, according to the influences of the other um, neighboring nations. And so God had called them to repentance, to turn many, many times, but they did not. And so God let them go through this long period of fiery trial to burn the dross that is in them, right? And so there was judgment that came and it came through Babylon uh, coming to conquer the nation of Israel and took um, what this king did was that he took all the royalties and the princes into captivity to serve in his court, to serve in his kingdom as servants. And so Daniel um, and his three other friends, they were captured and they were brought into the Babylonian court. And um, they were taught all the ways of the Chaldeans, the, the wisdom and the, and the ways of the Chaldeans to serve, on the, to serve the king of Babylon. And, and so during this period, um, they, they learned to stand faithfulness in God and God also delivered them. Um, but this one case, when they were, um, when, when the king Nebuchadnezzar, he built this golden image Right. And he made it, he decreed it a law, a law of the land that when the symphony sounds, when, when there are um, a various um, instruments that sounded together for a call, when this call is sounded, all in the land are to bow down and worship this golden image. And so it's a decree, a law, and those that would not bow down and worship this golden image will be met by the judgment of death. And so it went forth that uh, some of the Chaldeans, they wanted to, they, they were against the Hebrew boys, these three Hebrew boys uh, with whom Nebuchadnezzar had already given them the new names. You know, he removed their, their Hebrew names and gave them Babylonian names. So Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these are the three friends of, of uh, Daniel. And when this call to this call sounded out for the uh, golden image to be worshipped, they did not. They would not. Because they have in them this resolute, this, this decision that they will not bow 
to any graven image. They and their knees and their worship are only for the Lord God Almighty. And so some of the Chaldeans, they came to Nebuchadnezzar and told him, these three Hebrew boys, they defiled your law. They despised your law. And when, when the symphony call went forth, they did not bow. They would not bow. So they were against you, Nebuchadnezzar. And so, so the king was furious and he got these three boys unto him and said, is it true? that when the symphonic sound, that you would not bow to the golden image that I have set forth. And you know what? These three Hebrew boys, they had their roots. They had deep roots in God. They had their deep roots in their trust and walk with God. In spite of this great threat that is before them, it's, it's, it's their faith and death, you know, it's either of these two choices. And so these three Hebrew boys, this is their answer to the great king who was angry that they defiled his law. He said, the Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king, O Nebuchadnezzar, we have no need to answer you in this matter. We have no need to defend ourselves. Verse 17. If that is the case, that we be served with a death sentence, then our God whom we serve is able to deliver us from this fiery trial. And he will deliver us from your hand, O king. But if not, let it be known to you, O king, that we do not serve your gods, nor will we worship the gold image which you have set up. In the face of an angry king and the decree of the punishment of death, these three young Hebrew boys stood in their ground because of their roots of faith deep in the God whom they serve. So did they die? The story gets even better. So the king, furious, his face was contorted with anger at their answer. Such defiance to his decree. So he was so angry that he command mighty men of valor. Now these are not normal men, you know. These are not normal soldiers. These are mighty men of valor. Whether they are giants or I don't know, but they are not the normal soldiers. So these mighty men, they bound these three boys. They bound them in their clothes, bound them in their pants, bound them in their shoes, bound them in their turban with bonds, with shackles, so tight, right? They cannot, there's no way, there's no way they, they can they break out of it, completely bound. That's it, that's the end. And so they took him, this, they took these three boys and they threw him into the fire. Now this fire, the king had ordered to be heated seven times more than its usual heat for these three boys. Seven times more because they have to die a terrible death for defying the king. And the fire was so hot that it was so extreme hot that those men that picked up these three boys to throw them in the flames of the fire killed them it was how severe it was so did the three hebrew boys fall into the fire yes they did head went right into the fire all three of them bound did god deliver them out of the fire they were thrown in the fire but here is what happened when they were thrown into the fire. The flames were there burning, but they did not consume them. In fact, what happened was that the king Nebuchadnezzar, thinking that he would see the demise of these boys, he saw four men walking in the fire. Walking! The bonds were broken, the bonds were free. They were walking in this fire. And the, and the fourth one looked like an angel of God. And so this happened in the fiery trial. 
the greatest fiery trial that you can ever imagine that was heated seven times over. God broke them free in the trial. And to the point that the king that, that meant to kill them, the king called them out, called them forth after he saw this miraculous sight. And so these three boys, they came out of the fire by themselves. They came out of this great fiery trial and they stood before the king. And the king saw that their hair, their clothes, not one thing of them were touched by the fire. There was not even the smell of it. But the bonds were gone. The bonds were burned up from the fire. And so this turned the hearts of the king around. That he said and he decreed that any man that speaks amiss against the God of Sadrach, Meshach, and Abednego will be put to death, them and their families. Because there is no God that can deliver like this. So the proof of fiery trial has great, great rewards. If we will, if we will persevere through, persevere and let God deal and burn and let him deal with our character. So through the trial, burn up the things that are, un, that are not right in his sight. To prune our character, to bring forth the glory of the hope the light of glory that's in Christ in us. And you know, in the days ahead, when the world gets darker and darker, and darkness, great darkness upon the people, we will enter into persecution, the trials, the testings through persecution, through the pressures of this world, to prove whether we have the deep roots to prove whether our faith in us is true, is real, or we will fall away. So coming back to deep roots um, that is planted by trees, by the rivers of living water. So remember, it is the quest of all believers to grow up spiritually, you know, not in externally. Grow up spiritually in what is genuine and sincere from inside of us. What is tried and true from our innermost heart, from our innermost being. Psalm chapter 1 shows us a tree that stands and thrives and does not wither. In good times and in bad times. In times of peace and in times of war. In times of stability and in times of chaos god shows us that we can stand and he shows us how we can stand and thrive in such times so psalm 1 blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly nor stands in the path of sinners nor sits in the seat of the scornful Verse 2, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that brings forth its fruit in season, whose leaf also do not wither, and whatever he does shall prosper. So, in order to bring forth fruit, and have and bear healthy leaves the tree must be planted by the rivers of water you know there is a big difference between pond water and river water a pond water is stagnant because it does not flow it is stagnant and because it is stagnant it becomes muddy and a breeding ground for pests and mosquitoes but because a river is flowing, it's always flowing. So at any given spot, there is freshness and life of water. So a tree planted by flowing rivers of living water will bear forth fruit 
and healthy leaves that do not wither. So when we are planted in the river of God, we will be full of life from his fresh water source. And you know, the word of God is represented as a seed in the scriptures. And water often signifies, it represents or is compared to the Holy Spirit. So with the sea and the water as one is where we there, get, there is strong growth that comes out from this combination. Water and seed together produces strength and strong growth. So the word of God, the spirit of God, together as one, produce spiritual strength and growth. John chapter 7, verses 37 and 39 this is what Jesus said. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. And this, Jesus was speaking concerning the Holy Spirit. Because those that believe in him will receive this Holy Spirit. But it was not yet given at that time that he spoke these words because he was not yet glorified. But Jesus says, he who comes to me and drink, and when he believes in me, his heart will flow with rivers of living water, the waters of the Holy Spirit. And John the disciple, he saw in the book of Revelation chapter 22, he saw um, God showed him, you know, the throne and he saw that uh, this pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, was coming forth from the throne of God and of the Lamb. It was the, this water of life was coming from God and the Lamb, the Holy Spirit. And in, this, in, the, mid, in the middle of this street, in the middle of this water and on either side of the river, was the tree of life. And it bore, these trees bore 12 fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. So there are 12 fruits. So there are 12 fruits throughout each month. It keeps producing fruit. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of nations. So that is like in Psalm chapter 1. He shall be planted by the rivers of water. The tree of life shall be planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in all its season and the leaves do not wither. So in the times of fire, in the times of darkness, in the times of trouble, the tree of life that is planted by the streams of living water they continue to be fruitful even in darkness. They continue to be fruitful even in trials and in, in times of trouble. And their leaves do not wither. In times of drought, in times of famine, in times of shortages, their leaves do not wither. And whatever he does, everything that he does shall prosper in the dark times. So in God, the believers in Christ, through him, through his word, through his spirit and through his word, thrive in dark times, in times of tribulation, in times of trouble, in times of pressure, in times of persecution, we can thrive in dark times. This is why God tells us we are not to be afraid. We are not to walk in fear because he promises, his word has given us all things pertaining to godliness. Everything that pertains to life on this earth, he has provided and made a way for all. We can strive, not only just survive, 
thrive. We can be a blessing in the times of famine. We can be a blessing and a light in times of darkness. So, the tree of life that is planted by the rivers of living water will bring, bring forth the fruit of Christ's character, the fruit of the Spirit. What are the fruits of the Spirit? Galatians 5, chapter 22, uh, Galatians chapter 5, verses 22 to 23. But the fruit of the Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, is love, joy, peace. You can have love, you can have joy, you can have peace in these dark times. Long-suffering, endurance, the power of perseverance. You can have kindness, you can have goodness, faithfulness. You can have gentleness and self-control in times of darkness. Because against such, there is no law. In good times and in bad times, we can bear the fruits of the Spirit. And the fruitful works that will not be consumed by fire. That which is true will not be consumed. That which is not will be. So when the three Hebrew boys, when they were in the fire, the, the faith and the trust in God in them that is true stood and they could walk. They walked in the fiery flame. And leaves that do not wither, which means your works will not be consumed by fire. So First Corinthians chapter 3, we have already read that, that each man's work will become clear for they will, the day will declare it will be revealed by fire and the fire will test each one's work of what sort it is. And that which endures will receive the glorious reward. That which is burned will suffer loss, but the soul of the man shall be saved. And all the works of your hands will be prosperous. Whatever, in verse 3 of Psalms 1, whatever he does shall prosper. Will be prosperous in the time of famine. Remember that the word of God says, a believer in Christ that has deep roots in him, that is planted in his rivers, in his flowing waters of spirit and life, will be prosperous in whatever he does. You know, when the children of Israel, they went into the wilderness, wilderness, there's nothing. It's all dry desert ground. In Deuteronomy chapter 7, when they walk in there, God prospered them. God prospered them and they did not have any lag. In a wilderness that has nothing, but they had everything that is needed. That is a reflection, an example of what it is in the times when great darkness is on the earth, which already is and it will continue to go darker. God will supply. We will lack nothing. In him, but the source is in him. The source is in him. You can we can get it all in him, and then he will work that out through us. Who will be the ones who will supply in the times of famine when the world is suffering like the one who has faith, the one who engages and walk in faith? Deuteronomy chapter 2. Verse 7, say, for the Lord your God has blessed you in all the work of your hand. He knows you're trudging through this great wilderness. And these 40 years, the Lord your God has been with you. You have let nothing. Because in the supply, you know, God can supply in miraculous way. It's not just in the ways that we understand. He brings forth the provision in miraculous ways. But it takes faith to engage. It takes faith and the trust and the deep root to endure through the times. God will test what is true and what is not. He will test. You know, just like Abraham. Abraham, you know, God gave him the promise that he will be a father of many nations, right? And then when, when Isaac was born and he became a boy and the Lord told them to go to Mount Moriah to offer a sacrifice unto the Lord, a burnt offering unto him. But there was no lamb. And nonetheless, Abraham went forth to carry his son because God told him to bring your son. 
So he brought his son there. So the son carried the wood and everything, but they had no sacrifice with them. And God had told him, you go with your son and sacrifice and offer your son as a living sacrifice unto God. So Isaac was his only beloved, his only begotten son. He had Ishmael, but Isaac was the son of the promise. And it is through Isaac that, there, that Abraham will become the father of many nations. Through Isaac will become the line of his posterity. But yet now God says to offer him, to offer him. But Abraham was not faltered. He did not, he did not crumble. He did not fall. Because before that, he has walked with God and God has shown him times and times over of his faithfulness and how he is a God that keeps his promise. So he knew when God said that he would be a father of many nations, he will be a father of many nations. Nonetheless, he went with Isaac. And when Isaac said, Father, there is no, no lamb. Where is the sacrifice? And Abraham spoke in faith because of the deep root of trust that he had. He spoke believing. He said, God will supply the sacrifice. And to the point, you know, God tested him to the point when they went up, when, when they were at the mountain, there was no lamb. So Abraham laid Isaac on the altar that, you know, constructed an altar, laid him on the altar. There was no lamb. And Abraham lifted up the blade, ready to offer Isaac. There was no lamb. And as he was about to plunge that blade, the angel of the Lord called out, Abraham, Abraham, stop. God has seen your faithfulness. God has seen the truth that is tested in this fire. Now look behind you. It's the lamb that's waiting. So Abraham looked, and there, lo and behold, is the ram waiting. His horns were stuck in the bush, but it was there. It was not there before, but now it's there. And so, true to what Abraham knew of God when he spoke in faith, God shall supply the sacrifice. And he did, out of nowhere. And so, the testing of faith for what is true. Because we need real faith to stand in the days of darkness. Only what is genuine, what is real, what is true, what is tried and what is tested will stand. Because that will be the tree of life. So, how do we go grow this tree? Or how do we grow as this tree? So, we know that the word and the spirit are one, right? To produce that strength and the growth. Holy Spirit and the word of God is one. So the word of God is the seed. So how do we grow as this tree? We need the word of God as the seed. Because the word of God is incorruptible according to 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. The word of God is an incorruptible seed that lives and abides forever through good to bad. Through peace, through chaos, through, through, through any other time, any time at all, it abides forever. The word of God is the only one constant because God is constant. Night and day, day and night, times and seasons will come. But the word of God is constant. It does not change. It does not waver. It does not falter. You want something really solid? The word of God. So in order to grow, you need the seed of the word of God to be planted in your soil. Every word of God, Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. Every word of God that proceeds from the mouth of God. You shall not, man shall not live by physical bread alone. Man shall not live by the by the bread of the earth alone, by the resource of the earth alone, but by every rhema word, every living and breathing word that proceeds from the mouth of God. That is your spiritual sustenance. You sustain your spirit. Your spirit will sustain 
you. The Spirit of God in you will sustain you. And Romans 10 verse 17, hearing by the living word of God, it imparts faith. Because it says faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the living word of God. Not the word of man. Not the word of the world. By the word of God alone. Faith comes by hearing. Likewise, fear comes by hearing the word of the world. It faith, a fear comes by hearing the narratives of the world. Fear comes by hearing the wisdom of the world. But faith comes by hearing the living word of God. And not only that, so word, right? And then the spirit, Jude, Jude verses 20 to 21. Build up, build yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in subjection to the Holy Spirit. In surrendering to the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit and keeping yourselves in the love of God. That is how we build up our most holy faith. We have the word of God. And then we have the praying in the Holy Spirit and keeping ourselves in the love of God. That's how we grow our tree for, spirit, uh, for spiritual strength and stature. So how do we um, grow the seed of the word of God? You know, God mandates that the word of God is to be meditated. God mandates that we are to meditate. Meditate the word of God. Not meditate on the self. Not meditate on me, 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 I, I, I. Not meditate on creation. No. Meditate on the word of God. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. The root of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. So the law of God, the book of the law shall not depart, from our mouth, from our tongue, and we shall meditate in it day and night. In Psalm 1 verse 2, his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night, and he shall be like the tree planted by the rivers of living water. So what is meditation? There are three Hebrew words and one Greek word. The first Hebrew word is hagah, which means to think, to reflect deep thoughts, to mutter, to murmur. So there is speech. You mutter and murmur and as you meditate and reflect, think deep thoughts. The second word is hogoth, which is to muse over, to muse, the musing. The third Hebrew word is siyak, which is to uh, ponder while you're speaking aloud. So while you're speaking aloud, you're thinking over what you're speaking. So the word, the speech and the mind and the thoughts are going together. They are rolling together. And then the Greek word is meletao, which is to take counsel in the mind and to revolve, roll it into revolve in the mind, in your imagination. So there is a vision, imagination, there is a sight, there is a speech, and there is the mind, the thoughts. So combining all these four words together, the meditation of the word of God, it can be defined as reflecting deep thoughts of revolving or pondering the word of God in the heart mind while speaking it aloud to oneself at the same time. That is meditation of the word of God. And God says he mandates that we are to meditate the word of God day and night. For example, for example, how it works, right? I'll just take a Psalm 
19 verse 14. It says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord. My strength, my firm impenetrable rock, and my redeemer. So when I meditate this verse, let the words of my mouth, let the speech of my tongue, let the utterance, the sound of my tongue, and the meditation and the thoughts of my heart, the pondering, the deep ponderings in my heart, the imagination of the word of God in my heart, or the imagination of anything that is in my heart or in my mind. Be acceptable, be pleasing. Be in full alignment, be in full agreement in your sight, Lord, with your mind. Be in full agreement with your mind, with your thoughts, with your meditation. Oh God, my strength, my impenetrable rock. So when I meditate the word of God, the speech of my tongue be aligned with your words, with the words of the God of my strength, with the words of God's strength. The words of my mouth be aligned with the words of God's strength, who is my firm impenetrable rock. What does the strength, what does the rock say? My words shall say. What does my Redeemer say? My word shall say. My thoughts, my mind shall think, shall imagine the strength. Words of strength, imagine the words of strength. You know, so, so this are how we can meditate the word of God. Think, think about it, speak about it. So let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable, O Lord, in your sight. O my strength, my redeemer. And this you do day and night. That is how the word of God is germinated by the Holy Spirit into your spirit. And that's how you grow deep roots. Jesus says in John 6, 63, it is the spirit who gives life. So it is the spirit who gives life to the roots, to the seed of the word of God in you. It's spirit who gives uh, the life or the roots and plow it deep, deep, deep into the Lord. It is the spirit who gives life, the flesh, the carnal nature, the pride, the natural things profit nothing spiritually. Right, But the words that I speak, says Jesus, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Spirit and the word of God produces life. So this is how we grow deep roots. This is how we grow deep roots and become a firm, solid tree that does not wither in times of darkness and great darkness, but is prosperous and is fruitful. You know, so we know that the art of thinking is a form of meditation, right? You know, people who are champion warriors, will understand meditation very well because they meditate the opposite end. They, op they meditate the extreme end. They meditate the fear. They meditate the panic. Everything that is opposite of the word of God is done the word of life. So just flip it around. Flip it around and meditate on the word of God. And you will excel in your spirit. You will find that the, the, the troubles you know, and all the uh, chaos that's in your thoughts, in the worry and everything, they will fade away because the light and the life in the word of God will breathe life into your spirit, man. So the art of thinking is a form of meditation, right? And do you know that God meditates on you? 
Yes, he does. He thinks about you. And he thinks on you. His mind is on you. He meditates on you. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. God thinks about you. He meditates on you. He meditates and he thinks about your future and the hope that he has for you. So, you know, our life on this earth is a life of hope. When we align and we anchor our thoughts, our vision, our perspective to God's mind, to God's future, his future for us and to his hope, you will find that throughout the whole duration of your life on this earth is a life of hope, the hope of glory, which is Christ in you. This is how the world will see the light of hope. It is through you. It is through you that shines hope, that shines light of God, that shines the love of God, the faith of God. It is you that, that you, you know, fruit tree, they produce, the fruit will produce fragrance. So you, you will produce the fragrance of the hope and the future of life, of peace, of patience, of, of goodness. Of faith. Your fruit will produce the fragrance of Christ. And this is how the world will see the hope of Christ. And it is through you. So, in conclusion, grow deep roots, guys. Grow deep roots. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, my brethren. In conclusion, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his word. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his word of hope. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his faith. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might in the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 16, verse 1 to 3. Arise, shine, guys. Arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth and great darkness over the people. But... The Lord shall arise over you and through you and his glory will be seen upon you. And the Gentiles shall come to your light and the kings to the brightness of your rising. The world, the lost, the despair, the, the, the ones in bondage, those that are sick, those that are blind, those that cannot walk, they will come to your light because the glory of the Lord is risen. They will come to the glory of the Lord, the light of God that shining through you. They will come to God, the God that is in you and through you. So this is how the body of Christ, the believers of Christ will stand and thrive in dark times. The bride must make herself ready. Let it be today. Today. The bride must make herself ready. Revelations chapter 19 verse 7. So Father, thank you for this word. Thank you, Lord, that you're calling us, Lord, into preparation into going deeper in the depth of your grace, the depth of your word, the depth of your life, the depth of your truth, the depth of your strength, Lord. Because you desire to build in your people, Lord, 
and to grow what is true, what is genuine, and what is sincere, so that, God, we can stand and we can thrive in your strength. So thank you, Lord, for speaking through my tongue and delivering your words and teaching, Father, us your word. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you germinate the thoughts and the, and the truth that's been spoken and taught this morning, that God, that you will sink deep into our soil, the soil of our heart and of our spirit, and germinate to grow deep roots. Teach us and help us, Lord, to meditate, to keep our mind on you and our thoughts on you, Lord, to think of your thoughts, to think, Lord, of your words, and to speak, Lord, to think and speak and to see the words that we speak, to see, Father, the vision that we think. Let it be aligned, Lord, unto your word of truth and your word of righteousness to grow and develop us in our spirit, Father, for strength, because you are our strength. That true spiritual strength, Lord, that we grow up in our spiritual life in you. So, Lord, seal these words and this prayer in the blood of the Lamb. In the name of Jesus, Lord, thank you and amen. I hope you are blessed. I am blessed just hearing this word spoken and this word's thoughts. As I hear myself, my spirit and my heart is blessed as well. And I pray that it will encourage you and motivate you and spur you to build and to grow the roots in the Lord. God bless you in Jesus' name. Shalom. Right on, right on, right on. Right on radio. Right on radio.